0: What the Flux is brought to you by DeLoreanRental.com. If you're looking to rent a DeLorean time machine, DeLorean Rental has you covered. They have time machines all across the United States, the UK, Germany, France, Italy, and adding more cars daily. Check out all of their packages to see what would best fit your event at DeLoreanRental.com or call 708-292-0236. Great Scott! Great Scott!
1: Great Scott! Great Scott!
0: All your questions will be answered. Roll tape. Live from the former
2: Institute of Future Technology in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to What the
3: Flux? With your host, Anthony Furtado, Brooke Bromery, Caitlin Larkin, and Eugene Schnee.
4: Welcome back to What the Flux? Guys, you are about to have a hell of an episode. Let me tell you. Caitlin, who did we just speak with?
0: Guys, we actually just got off the phone with Jeffrey Weissman, who, of course... Who? Jeffrey Weissman. Who? <laughs> turn off your your hearing aids, sir. Oh, my bad, my bad. We just got off the phone with Jeffrey Weissman, uh, of course, who played George McFly in Back to the Futures 2 and 3. hmm And, oh, man, you guys are in for a treat today. First to of all, day. I'm,
4: like, I'm speechless through the whole thing, just listening to the stories that you guys are about to hear. And hearing him from, you know, Jeff, like, himself, which was absolutely insane. And, again, Jeff, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and I, I can't wait for the people to hear this. This was a really so fun one. It was really fun.
2: It was fun hearing all the stories. And just, uh, just hearing from somebody who's been the other side of the project, you know, like, and, and especially working – um, not just the stories from the from his back to the future days, but also stories from his older projects and some of the projects also that he's involved right now, too, yeah. which is really still doing really good things. So um
4: it's definitely a tell all. But before we get to that, I mean please stick around for it. But Caitlin, you got some news for us, right? Sure do.
2: Yeah, because uh I I wanna apologize to all of our fans who were looking forward to my do to do do. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's being retired. Yeah, we got because now we <laughs> are going, ladies and gentlemen, we are are moving up now we actually have a full whole
4: theme song for the news <laughs> so let's give the news a good old countdown we have caitlin with back to the future news in three, three two, two one hey dr Stay. this is tomorrow's newspaper
3: Can i go to the library and look myself up in the old newspaper archive
0: All right, well, thank you, guys. And you know what? Uh, We really need to thank our buddy Chris for making that um, news music bed for us. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, Chris, who wrote us last week.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, thank you.
0: He um, works in radio, and it's funny because, you know, I do too. And so he was like, I would love to make something for you guys. And I'm like, well, I have ideas of, you know, what I want. But now that I was laid off, I I couldn't go to the studio and make it. Um, So he was kind enough to do that for us. So, Chris, thank you so much. Somebody
4: else who was so just sick of hearing Eugene shit. It's
0: like, you you need something else.
2: (laughs) I will do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I will do it for you. I'm done this into this crap. Well, Chris, we want to award Chris our first and honorary uh, badge of You Are the Official What the Flock's Best Friend. Whoa! Whoa! That's a good one, folks. A lot of people. Be- we you know we were between. So,
4: hey, who out there wants to beat him?
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now this, this this time the competition was really tight, folks. It was between the Pope,
1: it was between and
2: Chris, and we we're like, I don't we, know. We had a late submission from Will Smith too. Will Smith, yeah, but you know what? Chris, did, Chris beat them all, man. So good He's job, a, Chris. A good job. You beat the Pope and you beat Will Smith.
0: That's some serious stuff right there. I
2: know. So Chris, we have an award badge for you, and uh, now obviously because why you are you
0: promising him stuff? We don't have anything. Don't
2: worry, I'm gonna draw it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna color it and draw it for you. It is one of a kind. I mean, this thing, folks, it's like it's insane. We had it one time in eBay, and it went a whole two dollars. <laughs> so Chris, we're gonna where be... is my
0: share of that two dollars, no, by the I, way? Because you don't have
2: one. You're not. You're not Chris. You, you're laid off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to go cry now.
2: Chris, you are the new What The Flux best friend. So, I, a round of applause, please.
4: <laughs> what you. else we got, Kayla?
0: We've got some other stuff, too. You know, it uh, it takes a village, as they say, mm-hmm. to get this show up and running. And I just want to wish a very big congratulations to our uh, audio mixer. Eric had a baby girl this week. Yay! Yay! And, um... I'm not going to, you know, give her, you know, give out her name or anything because, you know, privacy and stuff like that. (laughs) Let's Um, just call her
2: alias the baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But um, the middle name for this child is is Lorraine. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, Back to the Future? You, you did Back to the Future because of us? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean no. But, uh, no. Eric, as you're mastering and mixing this episode, a big congratulations to you and your wife and your uh, eldest daughter on the new addition to your family.
2: A Applo- round of applause for Eric.
1: Yay! <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> then as we get back to some Back to the Future stuff, Last week we were talking about the silver coin that came out, but of course they got to keep reeling us in and keep us buying stuff. Uh, There's now a gold coin that you can get for the 35th anniversary, and it's really cool because it's the image of the clock tower at 10:04 p.m. on the gold coin. That's awesome, and that's epic. And I want it, and apparently there are only like a thousand made. And it's embossed on both sides, and I want it. But I'm poor and I can't get it. <laughs> uh, also, Leah Thompson's episode of The Goldbergs aired, uh, where she also directed and starred in mm-hmm. it. Wow. And she did a fantastic job as the Formica queen. So, yes, Leah Thompson, you are our queen. We yes, love you, you and you did fantastic.
1: Oh hell,
2: Leah Thompson!
0: <laughs> that's my new mantra. That's I right. love it.
2: That's my tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's why she's got to come do the show. She
0: does need to come I, do I, the I, show. I want
2: to show her like the tattoo. Oh hell, Leah Thompson!
4: If she does this show, you have to get that tattoo now. You understand that? I'll do it. <laughs> you you heard that? I'll do it. Leah Thompson, if you come here and allow us to interview you, he will get that tattooed.
0: Oh man. And Sharpie? So this isn't really news, but I thought that I would share this here because, you know, it's back to the future stuff. Um, So sitting at home, doing nothing during quarantine, I've been just going on eBay and looking at things that I wish I could buy. And I (laughs) I stumbled across a lot of four of the... OG Back to the Future animated series toys that came out in the McDonald's Happy Meals back in 91. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Guys, I bought those for like seven bucks and it's gonna be coming this week.
2: Worth it. It is
0: so (laughs) worth it. I'm so excited to get them. They're not like mint in the packages or anything. They're, you know, out, but I'm just really happy to add them (laughs) to my Back to the Future collection. They're cool as hell. They were cool.
2: They were really cool. I remember you had to buy the Happy Meal thing and that's how you got them blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was nice. Yes, yes. Yeah. Did they include fries?
0: Yeah, fries from 1991.
2: Hey, <laughs> keep it cool. A- according
0: to Supersize Me, they're probably still good.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, before we get into our interview with Jeffrey Weissman, guys, once again, we got another fan letter.
2: I've got something for you. A letter we got a fan
0: letter we got our third fan letter oh my
2: god we got three fans out there this
0: is incredible (laughs) this is awesome i can't believe that we've been averaging one a week and please keep them coming we love to hear your stories and we'd love to share them this week's letter comes from our fan don
2: don don from
0: don didn't say where he's from
2: Okay. Chicago, Illinois.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he sent us some It's Don. Some it's Don
2: from Planet Earth. Let's go with it. Yeah, that.
0: Don from Planet Earth. All I right. like that. Uh, so well, that's assumptive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are. here, let me, uh, let me read Don's letter for you. Please. It says, my name is Don. I was an immediate fan of the podcast and have been a 30-year fan of the franchise. My story isn't too exciting, but it's a big part of who I am today. I was born in 1983, but I didn't see Back to the Future until 1989, as I believe it was the first time it was available on VHS. Anyway, my aunt and uncle always had the newest stuff, so whenever I visited, I was able to see movies that I may never have otherwise. One afternoon, my uncle popped in Back to the Future and I sat down and watched it with him. Even as a six-year-old, I was absolutely enthralled and knew it was something special. Fast forward to early 91, we finally have a VCR and I would rent movies from the local grocery store on the weekends with my mom and have marathons. One weekend, all three movies were available, and because I hadn't seen part two or three yet, we rented them. We spent that entire Saturday watching Back to the Future. That sealed the deal for me. The summer of that year, I was lucky enough to be able to visit Universal Studios Florida, as it was called at the time, it still is, sort of, Uh, and Ride Back to the Future the Ride. I remember my neck hurting, but the rest of me was overjoyed. The gift store was my favorite thing to roam around in, and uh, I would pretend that I could afford whatever I saw even though I was only eight years old. Then the animated series came out, and the Happy Meal toys, and Huey Lewis in the News on cassette and CD. As I got older, my love for the franchise only got stronger, and back in the late 90s and early 2000s, being into something so heavily didn't exactly garner the type of love that it does today. So the very thing that brought others to shame and ridicule me also brought me to comfort and support during my being bullied throughout my school career. I visited Universal many more times over the last 20 years or so, and always made sure the first and last thing I did was ride the ride. And I was finally able to afford the merchandise. As I became a responsible adult, the fandom community began to grow, and I started connecting with fans from all over the world. The internet started to appreciate the movies that meant so much to me. And being a responsible adult, I did the only appropriate thing. Started collecting Back to the Future memorabilia. Got mm-hmm. a couple of tattoos, and finally lived my fandom without shame. I have attached pictures, so you're more than welcome to share on social media. And we will. Thank you, Don. Thank you. And uh, he also sent us pictures of his tattoos, which are epic. Mm-hmm. And he also sent us a picture of an original Back to the Future the Ride shirt. Uh, he says he got it in 98, and thanks for the podcast, and thank you for reading. Your friend in time, Don.
2: Thank you, Don. Thank That's you. awesome.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Don. And we're going to post those great pictures I that like you that. sent us. I
2: like that. He put your friend in time. Dude, have you not yeah, been listening they, to the
0: other letters? They, they all, all have. do it. I
2: know that, but I like that. I just said I like <laughs> that. That's really cool. It's very epic. Very. Uh, it's just very, like... It just
4: sounds awesome. <laughs> all <laughs> right, yes. well, let, let's quit stalling. Everyone's here for one thing, and that's this incredible interview that we have coming up, guys. So please sit down, take a listen, and get ready to just be enthralled in the stories that we were all. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey Weisman.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, guess what? Today's the day, because today we have an amazing guest. Who do we have? The one. The only. The only. The oh, yeah. only. The upside down man, (laughs) (laughs) the best Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, we don't want him. We want Mr. Jeffrey Wiseman. How you doing, sir? Hello.
3: (laughs) Hey, you. Get your damn hands
0: off her! That's it. I'm done.
3: <laughs> I can.
2: Over. I, game that's over. Right. I can die happy. I'm done. Our <laughs> well folks, that's it. We uh, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Weissman <laughs> 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 No, the, I mean we, uh, we're here. Obviously, we're here with Miss Caitlin. We're here with Mr. Tony in the house. Uh, Brooke, wherever you are, we love you. We are missing you. And if Brooke. Anyo- Yay, Brooke. Yay Brooke. Yeah. If anybody can find Brooke, on the <laughs> please please return her. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Uh, but it is such a pleasure to have you here and thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Uh, how are you holding up? Is quarantine treating you okay?
3: Oh, I got nothing but time. (laughs) (laughs) So do we. I'm trying to trying to keep myself busy. I've I've got uh quarantined con coming up, trying to figure out how to stream, you know, my slideshow while staying on the screen at the same time. And and of course my, my computer needs to be upgraded. Uh, for that uh I've been doing some table reads for some features and TV pilots and teaching uh, online so i'm I'm staying fairly occupied but the the nerves are shot you know uh I don't know if you know this about actors, most actors are sensitives so they they really are like sponges that pick up emotions and uh, pretty connected to the vibes of the world and such and uh, I, I've kind of been feeling this shit uh approaching for several months now i think it started back in november or so and uh and i was making excuses what what the hell is coming and i was getting kind of morbid vibe and so on and so forth and sure enough this whole thing showed up so it's uh and it's been something that i've had all my life i've been able to feel earthquakes often before they hit and uh, during a trip when i was doing a show on a, a cruise ship in the south china sea in the middle of a big storm i could feel the lightning just before it would strike I would in fact uh you know my my wife is a witness to this I would point to where the lightning was just about to strike and it would happen I had a really great record with that wow that's so, killer
0: I Eugene I found your new psychic
2: I know I, <laughs> I, you I, said I,
0: you were looking for one
2: I, I need a psychic I need a psychic and uh, I think his name is Jeffrey Wiseman
3: <laughs> oh, hey I've been a sidekick to a lot of different uh, great guys uh that was that was a bad pun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, hey, the fact that you you included me in the great guys that makes me great. You're cool in my book,
3: man. Hey, I have got a grandfather who's great.
1: My <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> 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 yeah. <it's> all right.
3: Anyway.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh. So I actually have to start off from the from the um, I this is a story that I told um. Caitlin and Tony today. I actually owe you uh, a big thank you.
1: Oh, um, you're welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't thought that it would happen. To, uh, well, let me let me let me go back to the story. Um, a couple years back, I remember I was in a, like in a convention with a friend of mine, and he was telling me about you uh, know I mean, we were talking about Back to the Future, blah blah blah, and he was like yeah because uh, Crispin Glover you know he was uh, and then Back to the Future two and three I'm like no he wasn't that was uh, Jeffrey Weissman. Um, and he's like, "No, that was Chris Glover." I'm like, "No, that's Jeffrey Wiseman." Like, I know, I know this. Like, there's a lot of things in life that I may not know and I'm not sure, but this one, I am ready to bet my right arm that it is. And he's like, "No, it's not." And like, we literally got into a heated argument. To the point where I just tell him, you know what? If you're so sure of your answer, I bet you $50 that that's Jeffrey Weissman. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so guess who got $50 out of that deal? Cut <laughs> me off a piece of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, after all, after you did, after you said that line, I should give you 20 Yeah, we should give you something.
1: <laughs>
2: and um, funny enough, I uh, I called him yesterday uh, when Caitlin told us the great news that you were going to do the show. And I call him like, "Hey, guess who I'm gonna talk tomorrow? Guess who I'm gonna talk to tomorrow?" He goes, "Who, Mr. Fifty (laughs) Dollars?"
3: And and he got pissed, no doubt.
2: Oh (laughs) yes, and when he hears his show, Omar, yes, this message is going straight to you, Mister. Me and Jeffrey are still enjoying your fifty (laughs) dollars.
1: Yeah, you should have
3: told him it was Kristen. that Maybe, too you know, I'm getting crispin's fan mail touche two touche so, so uh... well, crispin's fans crispin's fans hate me with passion it's so odd you know because i you know i was a fan of crispin before he made the first film we had done a film together at the american film institute with Dan hurley and uh, got his numbers stayed in touch and and when the first back to the future movie came out I was like, I know that guy. God, my God, he's doing great. And he he really was fantastic in the first film. And I was so proud of him that, that I knew him. I, I called him and left him a message and shit. And uh, then when uh, I got the call to uh, come in as his photo double, I, I called him and left him a message saying, you know, Crispin, you remember me? Say, say a good word for me. I need this work. And he didn't call me back until he was ready to sue after the third film came out because You know, when during the process of my auditions and makeup and, uh, you know, the effects uh, fittings for the prosthetic makeups and the body cast for spinning, uh, which was cut from the film. um, I uh, heard from first my makeup artist and then uh, really slowly came to realize and, and didn't have the final realization until I was on set that Crispin wasn't coming back. Which uh, blew my mind. I was like, "How? how is that possible? You can't do this without him. But I figured he had, because at the time he had come off his great work in River's Edge and uh, the Doors movie. And I, I don't know if uh, Dead Man had come out yet, but uh, he was riding kind of high. And I figured he had another film that he couldn't get out of. Uh, so he just, you know, they they worked it out so they could make me up to look like him to fill in the, the gaps. Little did I know they didn't have his permission. Oh, wow. uh, so right. it, was, it was really icky. I, I was in, in the middle of like these warring factions, as it turned out. I had Bob Gale on one hand telling me horror stories about Crispin, and then when Crispin, it was time to sue, he kind of gave me all these sad stories of how they abused him. It was it was really ugly. The bottom, bottom line is that both sides were really just, if they could have only gotten along, uh, unfortunately I'm in the middle of all this crap. But what the payoff for me, of course, is being a part of one of the top ten trilogies of all time. And sure. also number one in, the, in our book. Yeah. one in our book, sir. <laughs> and, and also the fan base. I mean, you guys, it's just the payment for me, because I certainly didn't get nearly the money that anyone else was getting, um, but the, the payment really has been the appreciation of the fans. And uh, though I have to say, you know, there's these adamant uh, Trumpsters. Oh, I mean, uh, Crispinsters <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> um, will not, you know. I, I get these messages like Crispin says you're a bad actor or, uh, you know, you're a scab. You are fucked, you know? And I'm like, you know what? I, I did my job that I was hired for <laughs> you guys. We kept, we kept the movies alive and a lot of people like you say i'd say a good 35 40 percent of the folk out there still don't realize uh that i came in and took over the role it's
2: very really unfortunate that and and as back to the future fans we we uh, we see that and an aspect like you don't get the credit that you do deserve because you did a, you did an excellent job as, as george mcfly um especially the fact that again we have to remind our fans that you were <laughs> how many hours were you upside down lots, <laughs> lots. <laughs> I mean if we if we only see what little sections of of the um, of uh, in, inside the, the McFly's house that you were in in that but people forget the fact that you were in doing the, you know doing that scene for how many hours I believe it was for two weeks the house smelling like like p- pizza which probably made you guys sick of pizza <laughs> um, oh, yeah.
1: there's,
3: there's a lot of really really great stories my my, uh, com- I guess, complaint was that because I came in, they obviously waited till the 11th hour to f- find out that Crispin wasn't going to work out his contractor. Get- they weren't going to offer him the million bucks that he wanted. Oof. And I think he wanted script approval, too. Um, they weren't going to give it to him, So, th- but they waited till the last possible second. You know, l- we're going to go with our second choice now, I'm sure they told his agent. And I didn't have the luxury of the rehearsals, table reads, anything that, say, Leah and Michael and the rest of the cast had. So when I came in, um, they were rewriting daily and they were cutting a lot of stuff that was originally meant for Crispin. I don't know if you knew in part three that Seamus was meant for Crispin. That's true.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh. Seamus McFly. Um, but I, had, uh, I, I got my copy out of my storage of Paradox. You know, the two and three were both the same script under the name Paradox. And there were a lot of things in there that I never got to do um, because they were either rewritten or uh, you know cut. Although uh, Zemeckis was somewhat flexible on on set. Uh, example: uh, We we improvised the thing where, if you remember, fruit please when the fruit yes. conveyance yeah. came down <laughs> from the ceiling, and uh, Lorraine says to Marlene, uh, you know, give your give your granddad a piece of fruit and i uh get an uh a banana and try to eat it upside down but the peel kept slapping me in the face and it was a very funny comedy bit Dang that gravity. unfortunately you know was cut um though i have a still from it which is kind of rare i'll i have to pop one in the mail to you guys yeah i would no, love I was, to see it i'd love to yeah. see it yeah <laughs> and plus uh, you yeah, have to endure all that uh, when we started on the, uh, shoot, we went, we went to recreate the enchantment out of the sea dance first and, and the fighting with Biff and kissing Lorraine on the dance floor and all that good stuff. And, uh, that was when I was in the young George, the 17 year old George, 1955 makeup. And. The responses were, it was odd because immediately, you know, Michael saw me and he was like, oh, Crispin ain't gonna like this. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Leah referred to me as Crispin. Uh, it was, it was weird. Um, uh, and I was like, this is odd. So I, I, I kind of retreated, hung out with Billy Zane and just stayed and listened to his music. <laughs>
0: That's a cool in dude his,
3: to hang out with. Nah, he is. You just saw what he did at the Titanic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Still mad i'm still mad at him because of the titanic man no oh uh, oh get over it oh, <laughs> see jeffrey look what happened now we lost all Crispin's oh. fans and we lost all of billy saint's fans
1: <laughs> uh.
3: wow you know you got I, I heard a little bit of one of your episodes before doing this and and i gotta remind you of wesley Mann's name ah <laughs> wesley- Wesley Mann is the wonderful actor who's, uh, I think he took his wallet. Yeah, yeah that's oh. him. <laughs> Thank you so much for that.
0: So then you remember working with Eugene's friend, Janet, who we interviewed.
3: I do? Oh, yes, of course I do.
0: Exactly right.
3: <laughs> yeah, she was there. That, that was your friend that you worked at Universal with? Uh, Disney with. At Disney, at Disney, Oh. Very good, yeah, I you know I did characters for Disney uh when they owned the Queen Mary, and then I did characters at Universal for fifteen years. Wow uh, if you went to Universal in Hollywood, uh I was their original Stan Laurel, and then uh, started playing Charlie Chaplin and then uh, Groucho Marx, among other characters I, I in fact, I did the groundbreaking with other characters in the execs for Universal Florida wow. back in oh, 88, I've actually seen 70. videos of you as Charlie Chaplin
2: and you are unbelievable. Like I actually showed one to Caitlin. Uh, it's an old video from way back in the day. And and it's amazing how accurate not only did you look, but how you act like your mannerism and everything. It's just exactly like Charlie Chaplin.
3: Thank you. I, I worked hard. I didn't remember too much about uh, Laurel and Hardy and Charlie from growing up, I knew I I enjoyed their movies, but I didn't have the specifics or the the know-how to really pull them off. Uh, Luckily, because I went in for the Stan Laurel role, the actor who was playing Oliver Hardy knew my work from a production of Romeo and Juliet that I had played Mercutio in, and he said, this guy's got talent. I'll train him. And within a few weeks, I was doing a passable Stan Laurel, and I learned, my God, uh, what a genius he was. And then, of course, the genius of Charlie and then the genius of Groucho and put those characters together with great care. And that's, I think one of the reasons they really liked the fact that I could do imitations to bring the Crispin uh, George back to life when they didn't have him. Uh, so I, you know, when I got cast, uh, the Bobs gave me his screen tests and I studied those and, and I really got into the physical. He has wonderful physicalization with his weight going forward and his gestures and the thing with his hair and the placement of his voice. So I, I, so I studied that stuff. And then of course we spent a lot of time on set trying to recreate as accurately as possible, you know, fighting with Tom, fighting with Biff and uh, the, recreating the enchantment under the sea dance and all that, as, as you guys know, from your friend's interview.
2: Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yes.
3: I mean, we all, uh, obviously we're all big fans of, um,
2: the franchise and everything and curious question for you. Um, obviously with everything that happened, um, are you still in good relations with the Bobs or, or any of the cast? Or?
3: I, uh, Zemeckis hasn't really, uh, talked to me much. What ha- happened on set was because my agents at the time really didn't negotiate well for me. I went to Zemeckis while we were shooting and I said, listen, uh, I co-starred with uh, Clint Eastwood in in uh, Pill Rider, and I co-starred with Lithgo in in uh, Twilight Zone movie uh, George Miller's episode. Yeah, and, yes. <laughs> and, and if uh, if I take anything less than a shared title card, um, it'd be a step back for me in my career, and I really don't want to do that because my uh, agents didn't negotiate anything but besides producer's discretion, at which would mean a, a buried uh, credit at the end of the film. And Zemeckis thought about it and he said, well, I won't give you a solo card, but I'll, I'll give you a shared card. And a few minutes later, he had told Neil Canton and Bob Gale, and they came running over to me, yelling at me, well, "How you can't talk to a, the director about the credit. I said, I'm sorry, I just, it would be a step back in my career for me to take anything less. And they were pissed. And I have a feeling they may have tried to renege on it, but I uh, tried to you know do some publicity with you know, having the credit at the time. And I found a publicist who said, well, do you have it in your contract that you got this title card? And I said, no, I have a verbal with Bob Zemeckis. And she said, well, I want to see it in writing. So I wrote a letter to Zemeckis's office reiterating and asked him just to initial it and send it back so I could show this gal. And uh, the next time I ran into Bob Z was on uh, while he was shooting uh, Death Becomes Her. And, uh, and it was great to see Dean Cundy again on that. He was the cinematographer on that as well and watch Meryl Streep shoot for a while. And then Bob Z and I had a little chat about, I was getting like a negative vibe from him. I said, what's going on? And he said, well, what's the whole thing with the letter? And I said, well, and I explained the publicist thing and he goes, well, that just, it, it just, uh, and so it was apparent to me that he was under pressure from the producers and maybe even wanted to keep me secret as well. Uh, the, the, the whole thing really turned into kind of a nightmare for me with with uh, being uh, nixed from premieres, not getting photos like I asked in a timely fashion. It was very uh, sinister. In fact, I had a 10-city a mall tour promoting the opening of Universal Florida and the opening of Back to the Future Part 2 was going to be part of that. Uh, the plug got pulled on that. Uh, it, so I was. it was pretty obvious after a while that I was being blacklisted. And uh, I even had my boss... Come in and say what did you do wrong on Murder? She wrote, and I was like, "What?" Oh yeah. <laughs> and her, the casting director there um, said they wanted a Laurel and Hardy because uh, they wanted them for an episode, but not me specifically. And I was like, "Oh dear God!" <laughs> Angela Lansbury had worked with them uh, in her youth and thought it'd be fun to have them on a scene where she goes where her character goes to a movie studio. So it kind of turned my life around upside down. Uh, I had a lot of avoidance behavior. Um, didn't know what to do. You know, an actor finding out that they've been blacklisted is like death, death. Um, so I uh, eventually got over it and even left Hollywood and uh, continued working in independence and, and um, TV shows and such when I could. Um, and then uh got sort of discovered by the DeLorean owners and then the fan cons and kind of revitalized my uh you know interest and love of of the films um and to try to kind of heal so i started doing some events that bob gale was a part of and i kind of always opened the door for him leave it open if he wanted to chat or you know explain his side or apologize or any of that and he really never offered even a, a laurel and i uh wanted to help michael's cause i uh put together a Back to the Future cruise to end Parkinson's to raise money for Michael for the 30th anniversary. And we got six of the cast members and crew members to go on this cruise. We raised, unfortunately, I didn't get the signups I wanted. We raised about 10 grand. But during the process of that, after Bob Gale originally said, I got no problem with you doing it, you know, I needed to check him for licensing and such, at least approval. After him initially saying yes, he started backpedaling and then ghost. Uh, ghosting, what do you call it? Gaslighting, and uh, and then the uh, blacklisting started again with big events. And I was like, okay, I see, I see, it's starting up again. So I just kind of try to keep an arm's distance away from Bob Gale. Uh, you know, I, I love what he wrote and what he's created, and the Bobs created and all. Um, but unfortunately, they're not the most, uh, how shall I say, gracious of people. But I'm uh, happy to report that I get along fine with everyone else. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Well, that's Chris good. Chris Lloyd is great, and Leah is great, and and Tom is great, and you know other cast and crew members do have problems, but they don't publicly talk about it. And I think it pisses Bob off that I I talk about it because you know it's kind of a healing thing for me. I need to.
0: So what you're saying is Bob Gale's probably not going to come and do our show now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He may he may want to just to come try to uh, gaslight me and, and correct things. He d- he did it in a few books even. <laughs> well, regardless of but, what happens, I mean, we uh, you know, there's there's,
2: I mean, it, it's really hard, especially in Hollywood, to have a happy ending like 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 in the movies. Pun
3: intended. Yeah, but they, I think they found out that I had uh, pretty much sided with Crispin on the reuse of his uh, likeness and uh, his attorney use things that I said to Crispin, uh, in the lawsuit, you know, Spielberg came up to me while we were shooting and said, so Crispin, I see you got your million dollars after all. And I was like, Oh, I see how much I'm saving you. Okay. <laughs> and it was a real catty thing for Spielberg to do. And, and it pissed me off. So, uh, and sharing those stories, uh, his attorney let out that I, they knew of these stories. And that's why it actually never went to court because, um, uh, you know, they, they saw, Universal saw they were going to lose. And Crispin got his three quarters of a million dollars. So now Crispin's out there saying that I'm a bad actor. So I'm like, oh, geez, I'm, everyone's being shitty. Can, can we all just get together and heal from the pandemic and raise money for the Parkinson's Foundation? Get over it? <laughs> can we all just get along? <laughs> yeah. You know, ultimately, the fans love the films. They got made. Bob and Crispin should just come together for Michael's charity and you know let's, let's do some fan cons after all this is settled
2: well i'll tell you what uh, i mean whatever happens happens and we really appreciate you telling your side of the story i mean of of all this that's happened and regardless of what happened i mean as fans we absolutely loved it you know we absolutely love the movies we absolutely love the performances and if one key performance is definitely george mcfly so we definitely appreciate you telling us that side of the story
3: Sure. Um, I'm uh, glad that I, I can tell it because for years I was scared to death that the blacklisting would continue. And now that Bob's decided to continue it, I might as well tell it. Uh, so (laughs) the, uh, hanging upside down, you know, they had me on a, a track that went from outside the front door of the McFly 2015 home through the living room, through the sort of dining room area into the kitchen and it took, uh, well, I guess the better part of two weeks to get all those scenes. And uh, while I was hanging upside down, one of the crew members came over and said, you know, all this hanging upside down torture was meant for Crispin. I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) You could just feel the love in the air there, right? And we, we had some extremely long days. As you may recall, Michael was doing the last season of Family Ties during the day, and then we'd have him... At night and on the weekends, and I was—I remember saying, "Michael, when do you sleep?" And he said, "In the limo, in between the studios." I was like, "My God, no, no wonder he's exhausted all the time." Uh, So if I needed to be on set, say, at nine in the morning, I'd have to be in the makeup chair by four thirty in the morning because it took for any of those makeups four hours to apply, another hour at the end of the day to take them off, and often we would have forced calls. After shooting 19, 20, we had one day that was 26 hours long. Uh, sometimes we'd have less than eight hours turnaround to get back on in the makeup chair. Uh, so there were there were some pretty long, long days and hanging upside down for most of those uh, were pretty brutal. Uh, though um, I think his name was Dan from Industrial Light and Magic, my my handler kind of for special effects. He built... Uh, uh, a, a little platform, a board on a ladder so that they didn't have to get me down every time in between takes. So they, he would say, uh, Do a sit up. <laughs> Do a sit up. <laughs> and he'd slide the ladder and the board underneath me, and I'd lie back on it while everyone go off and have a cup of coffee, and I'd be still on set, twiddling my thumbs. Um, you must have
0: had great abs. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, some, well, short maps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little bit of that, too. <laughs> well, we definitely, um, we actually have um, a, a very fun, uh, obviously, we love you from, from Back to the Future, but each one of us actually has a very uh, <laughs> profound love for one of your other uh, other o- other works here. This is where I'm going to put um, Anthony <laughs> in, in the, we're going to leave Anthony for the end, because we're Bring not even out, ready be- for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I especially um I especially uh admire a lot, obviously like I said, I admire your um, Charlie Chaplin imitation uh your imitation of Charlie Chaplin, but I also have to admire your Pee Wee Herman imitation when you imitated Pee Wee Herman.
1: La, la, la. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Uh. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say, like, Screech's guru and Say by the Bell or something. That's um,
0: one of my personal favorites. <laughs> no, nah,
2: after, after I saw the porno with Screech, I, I'm, I'm done.
0: <laughs> oh, geez, no.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. That's something I've never seen. Oh, God. Uh, I, I, I just, oh, I, God. I, I, I still taking therapy for that one. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I definitely love the fact. And also, I heard a little rumor. You tell me this is true. That you actually speak a, um, you're actually really good with languages.
3: Well, from working in the theme parks at Universal, I I was just so blessed because Stan Laurel and Charlie Chaplin, both uh, being uh, from the UK, their films were sent to the Empire where the sun never sets. They they were popular in China and in India and Australia. So. F- Guests from around the world would see Laurel and Hardy or Charlie Chaplin and have to have a photo with us. So um, and and you know, a lot of the time they were just delighted to see us representing their their uh, you know their idols there. And I w- I, I love people and I always want to have a connection. So I would learn to greet in in that and at one time I was up to fifteen different languages that I could greet. Wow. It g- awesome. wasn't necessarily conversational, but I, you know, if, uh, and I was starting to be able to tell Koreans from Indonesians for, or Malaysians and Japanese and and mainland Chinese and so on and so forth. So I could, as a, I f- could perceive the kind of stockier set Korean. Uh, I know I'm being stereotypical. Uh, coming up come up i'd immediately go and young I say oh, and they would like oh and I say oh come up <laughs> so they, would, they would uh be thrilled that I'm greeting them or uh, you know uh, uh, Abu Kabar to a Malaysian because they have a little bit of a fair look or the Thai have even a fairer look, so I could say, you know Sawadikap. um you know the, I would learn to recognize uh the cultural sort of shapes of uh, their physicals physicalness is that right and and uh and then that could do it uh sometimes with uh mid-eastern you know from israelis to even uh you know uh, tunisians and and uh Arabs and and uh, and Turkish folk, you know, I was starting to get, you know, oh, they're Greek, you know, Yasu, you know, I could I could start to see the difference, and uh, I would say I was probably seventy five percent of the time uh, correct. The time seventy <laughs> five. The that I was wrong, they were always quick to correct me, and no harm, no no feelings were hurt. Oh, that's good to know, <laughs> Caitlin
0: well i was doing some research before you know today's interview and i was looking at your imdb page and other than back to the future my all-time love are the beatles and i saw that you did 2 Beatlesque beetle-esque movies within the same year in 1978.
3: yeah um when i when i got out of high school um you know my parents never wanted me to be an actor growing up they They ran these clubs and saw uh, stars like Omar Sharif and Don Adams. And my dad was partners with Lauren Green in one club. And they didn't see any benefit. A lot of them complained and were drinking and swearing and playing cards and backgammon all day. So they really didn't want me to do that path in life. But I really wanted to. And I I kept at it in school and community theater. And then when I was out of school, uh, I, you know, I really wanted to get on some film sets. So I I joined one of these companies that would help supply extras to different shoots. And I think the first one I did was I want to hold your hand. That that was like one of Zemeckis's first films. And as a Ringo fan in the Burbank backlot, you know, it was we were supposed to be outside of the Beatles Hotel in the Dead of Winter in New York, and it was over 100 degrees. Yes. Oh man. We're all wrapped up in, the you know these poor kids were dropping like flies because they weren't <laughs> hydrating themselves, and I remember Zemeckis. I don't think was comfortable directing the crowd scene or anything, so he brought in his friend uh, Spielberg to direct us. So that was that was kind of fun uh, in a in a weird way. It was a lot of torture, um, but then I got uh, the other one was uh, uh, I played actually four different roles in uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Just you know little bit things. Uh, I played Strawberry Field's brother in the big hot air balloon scene. Oh, my God. (laughs) Earth, (laughs) wind and fire, got to get you into my life crowd scene. Um, What was the other one? And and I guess the one you can actually see me is being brainwashed by Alice Cooper. Um, Was he the Sun King? I I forget what character Alice played. No, no. uh, But I remember uh, a couple days of shooting... And I, and I did some dance moves in that. I could have been upgraded to a SAG contract or joined the union at that point, but I, I had to spend my money on my rent. I remember, but <laughs> uh, first couple of days with the three days of that shoot, um, I was really having a blast. I, I like first thing in the morning, it was seven 30 in the morning. Had gotten through makeup and I was like, who's smoking pot on the set. Someone's smoking, but I followed my nose, you know, I'm a 18 years old. I'm like, Oh, you know, this. I I recognize pot when I smell it and I followed, I followed my nose to, uh, to Barry Gibb. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. Wait, did the Gibb uh, smoke pot you're smoking kind of early to be smoking pot. And he goes, well, it's, you want some, you know? And I was like, sure. And I was like, Hey, there's tobacco in that. And he goes, Oh, that's how we, we blend it. And then, and then Robin, I remember coming over and saying, Hey, uh, it's children of the world. I think was the album that had just come out, uh, had just hit number one on the billboard chart. So I was, lucky to be the first to congratulate them both. And it was kind of cool, uh, kind of rubbing elbows with the rock stars and then being on the sets. The sets were pretty outrageous and fun. And there was a, a I remember a ver- really beautiful blonde dancer that I was quite attracted to. And, and she was very friendly to me. But the second day we were having lunch together, she bought me a beer, even though I was it wasn't 21 yet. <laughs> um, and, and the third day I remember coming up and seeing her and, and going up, hey, Cheryl, how you doing? And she goes, oh, Jeffrey. Uh, I want you to meet my husband, Alice. Oh, oh, like, huh? whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and they're still together. Lovely. He's got very good taste. Very good.
2: <laughs> wow. Mr. Anthony. So,
4: mine uh, is a little bit, so I'm the baby of the group here. I'm only 27 years old. And one movie that I watched a lot as a child was Max Keeble's Big Move. And I found out you were Magogul's.
3: Yeah, I kind of split McGoogle with two other actors. Really? Okay. But, um, they're the the actor who you know he ta- he's the principal who takes his head off and and you recognize him. He did it for that one scene, and then I did uh, a couple days. Or you know the, the example when Magoogle, uh I think is is it a dream sequence, and he. He races across the basketball court. Yes. And comes towards the camera. That's me.
4: Okay. <laughs> I was I saw that because Googles gave me nightmares as a kid. And I found out that was you. I was like, oh man, that's just terrific.
3: Happy to help.
4: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeffrey yeah, Wise, was, man. Uh, Guaranteed to give you nightmares. I just needed some kind of work and and the uh this the agent at the time said, Can you do bodysuit? I was like, sure. Even though I have claustrophobia, um, I still made it work. Hey, work is work. Yeah, I, I you know I've been very fortunate to be in some great ensemble casts. You know, the Back to the Future films had a brilliant ensemble cast. The Zemeckis was very smart with his casting. You know, the, you've probably read of all the different possibilities. You know, they offered it to Ralph Macchio, it turned it down. Yeah, and, uh, they wanted uh, uh, any number of different people that. Uh, Johnny Depp had auditioned for George McFly, and anyway, uh, and, the, and then the, the the I love the Chris Lloyd story of, that you know he passed on the role. Do you guys ever know that? Yeah, yeah, I've
0: heard that one before.
3: Yeah, that's and they, so they were looking at Jeff Goldblum or uh, or John Lithgow, and and I worked with John on uh, George Miller's segment of Twilight Zone movie, that's right, and that I was, was another ensemble cast that was just a dream to be a part of uh, with Donna and Abby and JD and, and of course, John, uh, to work with, and, and unfortunately, uh, Alan Davio, the, our cinematographer just passed away last week from COVID. Um, uh, he had been suffering already with his diabetes and such and at the motion picture home. And then in isolation, he got the virus and, and it took him. So sad. It is incredibly sad. He was a, a Wonderful raconteur, knew everything about cinematography, and loved his wine. He was just a a really fun guy.
2: (laughs) Man, good taste. uh, You know,
3: I have the same kind of rapport with uh, with Dean Cundy, the cinematographer for Back to the Future. He's just a a delightful man, and and uh, loves humor and wine, and is is a great great guy. So uh, I've been very fortunate. Almost all the shoots that I get. If I have the ability to get close to the crew, i like like to know the cameraman because, of course, that's who's going to make you look good. And hopefully you got good communication with the director who allows you to speak with the camera operator or, or cinematographer. And uh, it's always been a sort of reoccurring thing of mine to try to be a team player and help any production that I'm on elevate. So the story is you know, resonates authenticity and is is good, is truthful.
2: Well, speaking of um, of great performances, uh, we do actually have to give you a shout out for your amazing cameo in
0: Project Eighty Eight.
2: <laughs> 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 what you
3: think we didn't notice? <laughs> do you guys know Kevin Bosch?
0: Uh yes, we do. Uh, only recently with his um his video that went video. viral. Yeah.
3: Right, uh, the the, uh,
0: the. Back to the Future is, ride video.
3: The ride where he re- recreated the ride is brilliant. So Kevin was a Floridian who moved to L.A. just a couple of years ago, and Kevin and I've been friends for a number of years. He's an Uber fan, and he alerted me to Project '88, to Taylor's wonderful project, and uh, I said, "That's fantastic." He says, "Is there any way you could do something for it?" I said, "Absolutely." What What do you want? And he told me which scene he was doing and and offered, you know, me to reprise my background bit there as George backstage. And he got Harry to do the little bit with backstage with the guitar. So I was like, yes, this is great. And I got my wife to play Lorraine. And, you know, we went through a lot of hoops trying to find the wardrobe here in quarantine to uh, to match and then shoot in the corner of our living room is what you see.
0: So that's not the jacket from the original.
3: No, no, I didn't. didn't, I didn't keep anything from the original film except maybe the photo. There was a picture on the mantle or somewhere of George, just a port- head portrait of George. And that's probably the only thing I have from the films, except some Polaroids, you know, some continuity Polaroids. I sent you a, a copy of one of those, the, the side view of the young George makeup. Yes, which is yes. The, we, we love that. We I love it. Thank him. you. The, the Crispin profile. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
2: No, we, we um, it's actually really impressive how a lot of people managed to, to do these whole scenes of back to the future. I mean, if anyone out there has not seen project 88, we highly recommend it. Uh, it's so much fun. Oh, it's, me too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it, not just because I'm in it, but um, it's uh, so inspiring. I, I address a lot of filmmaking communities. I was, on uh, one last Saturday to 90 different filmmakers and, and participants in a 48 uh, hour film festival. And I said, you guys, here's some inspiration. There's over 300 people from nine different countries who had uh, uh, Back to Future Part Two broken up into 88 scenes and each one was assigned a scene to do with your group or what have you. And from the ones who use their cats or the ones who use their children or the animated ones. I mean, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And they had less than a week or about a week to pull it off, no matter how they could, whether they were quarantined by themselves or they had some friends that they could still hang out with uh, to pitch in. It really came out fantastic. And then Taylor did a masterful job editing it all together it's 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 very impressive and it's 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 just, again it's
2: just one of those things that when you see it you just kind of like wow i mean to i mean even in hard times like this you can see people being as creative as as ever and it's just really
3: impressive it it's totally inspiring and uh they're now talking about doing part three <laughs> that's
0: it that's it we have to get them for part three we're
3: doing part three we're doing it i
0: was disappointed that I didn't know about Project 88 until like a day or two before it was released. So I was really bummed that we couldn't participate. But if they're gonna do a part three, we gotta be in that. Let's do it.
3: Yeah, stay on top of it. Stay in touch with, uh, if you haven't met Taylor, you should introduce yourself. Uh, he's the one who, of course, has the channel on YouTube, the Project 88 channel on YouTube, and also uh, back to the future com that's that's his his page
0: okay great thanks i'll definitely get in touch with him
3: yeah i'm here to help maybe I, i'll get a scene i'll finally get you know bob gale said oh you know for all the makeup and the hanging upside down all this trouble we'll give you a part in part three you know without the makeup and i'm still waiting for that bob uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll give you a I'll part in our part movie how about that <laughs>
2: We'll give you a part in our movie. You can play. Uh, who can you play?
0: I don't know, but my Shame wife me. is my wife is a prosthetic makeup artist, so we could turn you into anybody.
3: Oh, great! I I don't really want to play the wear the prosthetics again, but uh, if I have to, I guess. <laughs> how about how about instead of playing that? What
2: about uh, whatever happened to the Mister Fusion band?
3: Uh, you know, it's still a possibility. Uh, I was going to start talking about makeup artists. Uh, you know, we had incredible makeup folk. On, on the shoot, but I digress. The Mr. Fusion, uh, for those listening at home or going, what the, um, <laughs> for, for that back to the future cruise that I put together back in two 2015, uh, I got Harry waters, Jr. Who played Marvin Berry to be our lead singer. And then a Dol- Don full to be our bass player, Mark McClure, who played Dave McFly on drums. And then I play guitar. And then my buddy, uh, Dave, lewis from uh ambrosia and shadow facts on keyboards who kind of played our our musical director and then my wife kimball on vocals for mr sandman and such uh i put a band together for that fundraiser and the 50 uh back the future fans and uh, another 50 or close to 100 star trek fans that were on the same cruise we had our own enchantment under the sea dance with our band as the main band for the event and they've they really went nuts. It was really a very, very special night, and we played the songs from the movies. And I've had a number of uh, offers of other fundraisers, but they never quite uh, pull the trigger. It always seems to uh, fall fall through, unfortunately. Um, but I'm certain that we'll, we'll get another one. The last one was supposed to be We're Going Back that uh, Joe Walser and Michael Clastron were producing, but that uh, fell apart because of many different reasons um but the band you know i've been toying with trying to get the band back together for a zoom concert for the fans around the world That'd that amazing. would be
0: amazing
3: so it's, it's- uh, just you know a little little technically uh, challenging we got to rehearse and and play music uh at the same time and i'm seeing it done by symphonies so we should be able to do it too so I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'll get back to you. See, Jeffrey, you got to do it the
2: right way. You got to do it. Man, we got to get the band back together. <laughs> right. If that don't get them, nothing will. That's, That's right.
3: right. <laughs> we'll have to do some Blues Brothers tunes.
2: Yes. You're in the mission from God. <laughs> Oops, different movie. <laughs> so what are you up to these days, Dan? What, um, we know that you're still
3: uh, doing your teaching career, right? Yeah, I've got uh, a couple projects in in post, uh couple projects that are doing the festival circuit. I mentored a young writer in his early 20s who pulled it together to shoot his own feature called The Eden Theory. And uh if you if you find on IMDb or elsewhere my demo reel have a little clip from that um on my demo reel, but it's going to be doing the festival circuit, probably looking for distribution. And I um, have a very interesting part in that. I, I, uh, I, without giving it away, I can't really tell anything more. Um, then another project that is a, sh- a short film, that's kind of a, a parable rock musical fantasy thing called the Carnival of Wonders, in which I play the embodiment of death that's portrayed as a swami kind of sideshow, circus sideshow mystic. Also, oh, it's a children's and, project. <laughs> yes. I'll <Yes. laughs> <laughs> get oh, okay, the kids back to sleep now. So, so uh, Christopher, uh, the producer of it, was Madonna's choreographer for a lot of her big projects. And his high, uh, school buddy uh, Jonathan Lawrence directed it, and we literally kind of developed my stuff, and it is used as sort of the the thread that strings all these dance routines and story together. It's it's a very fun to watch piece and uh, very compelling. So look for Carnival of Wonders um, it, after it does the festival circuits. It just won. A half dozen uh, awards at a festival in L.A. It just got accepted and uh, to another one in Las Vegas. And it's getting out there. Um, yeah. And then uh, I'm doing table reads, like I mentioned, for uh, TV pilots and uh, features. I'm teaching. Just uh, keep myself busy. I, if anyone uh, wants private coaching, you know, JeffreyWeisman.com. Come to me and I uh, teach via Zoom. Awesome. That's awesome. What do you enjoy more? Acting,
2: more. Uh, teaching, acting, directing, writing, improv. What do you enjoy do, doing the most?
3: Yeah. Uh, right now I'm wrapping up my sixth week, uh, with a, a main, uh, film acting, which I also cover the business of acting, uh, course for the, uh, actors conference and the Bay area pro act, uh, group. If you go to actorsconference.com, I believe, um, you can sign up for that last class. I'm it's basically because I know people are worried sick about money. It's just a donation type of situation right now. Uh, I will probably do in the next session of, for improvisation. I back in the early eighties started doing improv actually before that at Renaissance fairs and such, I would do improv in the streets, but uh, improv on stage, taking it seriously and really learning the nuts and bolts in the mid eighties. And then, uh, helped form Los Angeles Theater Sports that uh, your your pal from Florida, Wayne Brady, came out and joined us and, and kept honing his chops along with Brad Sherwood and Michael McShane and Greg Proops. A lot of the Whose Line Is It Anyway uh, guys came out of our group. And uh, that group, in fact, uh, L.A. Theater Sports is still extant after 30 some odd years uh, as known as Impro Theater, doing two and a half hour long improvised Anton Chekhov plays, or Stephen Sondheim musicals, or Shakespeare, or Tennessee Williams. It's just amazing. Um, so I'll, I have a lot of experience doing improv and teaching improv at, at university and different schools. So I'll probably be doing just that, trying to teach improv online.
2: Well, you were a you were a fellow uh, student from the Second City and Laugh Factory All
3: Star Improv Jam, so you definitely earned your chops. I I was just remarking that my one time, going on at the Ash Grove at the Second City all, um, Alumni Show, um, I was working with Dan Castellaneda and Wayne Brady and, and uh, Jane Norris and uh, Paul Dooley, all these legends. And I'm on stage, and I look down at, at the table right next to the stage, and there's <clears throat> Elaine May, uh, who's you know one of the one of the icons of improv from the late fifties and early sixties. And I nearly shit my pants. I mean, it was like, Oh my God. Um, but it was really great to be in that, that wonderful company. And, uh, yes, I, uh, I'm very fortunate to have worked with some great, great talents. And, uh, even though I sometimes claim that I'm rusty, I, I get off my butt just a few months ago, went down and did my first two person improv show in San Francisco and even though I was nervous as hell, it came off great and the audience loved it. So I was like, OK, I can I can still do this. It's funny <laughs> that awesome. after all these years, you still get nervous being on stage, huh? Yeah. And, and you know, the, the theory is if you don't get nervous, it probably means you don't care enough. That's true. That's that's a very good way to say it.
2: Um, well, Jeffrey, uh, we are super humble and so thankful for your time. Um, thank you so much for giving us all these amazing stories. Um, yes, folks, we laughed, we cried, we <laughs> <laughs> there was love, there was hate, there was everything, just like any other movie. But at the end of the day... It involves it has a happy ending. And we just wanted to thank you so much for your time and thank everything. You, thank yes, you.
0: thank you so much. We are so blessed to have you with yeah. us. It yeah. really is an honor.
3: And the last thank you, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Tony. Stay quiet, Tony.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I'm usually the
4: one who runs his mouth the most, but I'm just sitting here in awe, I'm like just listening to these stories and I I I I don't. I'm just gonna listen. This is fantastic.
2: It's it's very rewarding, rewarding to just hear you. And um, the last question that we that we have for you, um, it's a question that it's just um, very curious about it. <laughs> With all the remakes that are happening, what movie would you want it to be remaked? and what role would you want to play?
3: Oh great! Oh lovely! Yes. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I would love to play Iago in a remake of Othello. Oh, oh all
0: right. Shakespeare.
3: I was not expecting that. Um, would you give a, a shout out to Brooke, or let me do it if she's going to hear this. Hey, Brooke, we miss you.
0: Uh, she'll love that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Brooke, we missed you. Uh, Jeffrey says hello, and that means you oh, made who it. In
0: the
3: future. What happened? We couldn't hear you. Either. Oh, yeah. uh, oh I, I, was I was shouting, shouting out, to out to Brooke. Brooke. I'll see you in the future. future. Well, Jeffrey, thank okay. you so much. When this is all over. Uh, we'll see you out there at, at MegaCon or any of the. I th- I think I'm actually scheduled for Pensacon uh, next spring. Okay.
4: Yes. we will talk I, to try to try to get out there for sure because that's the one
0: in that's February, a, right? Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be yeah in February. Hopefully, cool. uh, we'll, it's not we'll not get the, back to mm, normal by then.
3: It's not the end of the world. We'll be there. Yeah, and it, just like, uh, are we ever going to be able to do, uh, you know, z- z- snaps with our arms around our fans anymore? It's it's a whole new world.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, even- I'm getting a really cool Back to the Future mask made. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I can't wait for the fabric to get here.
2: Speak for yourself. I'm still, I'm hanging out with my Stormtrooper mask. I go to Publix with my Stormtrooper mask, Jeffrey.
3: It's awesome. <laughs> Yay. Did you, uh, did you by chance catch the public supermarket commercial I'm in? I did. <laughs> That's why I brought it
2: up. <laughs> yes, sir. I, uh, just next time you guys go to Publix, do you know that George McFly did a commercial for it?
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, Christmas, what was it called? Conspiracy. And, and if you look real close, the, you know, the baby has the close up who supposedly ate, uh, we think ate our Christmas dinner. Um, in the long shot, it's a completely different baby because the baby star had a meltdown. And the lead actress who plays my wife in it, luckily she had her baby in the wings who came to be in the long shot, saved saved that shoot. The magic of cinema. <laughs> the magic of cinema.
2: I'm pretty sure we just broke a lot of people's hearts with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, was it was a really, a really lovely, commercial.
2: lovely commercial. Nice. Well, thank you, Jeffrey, for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon in the con. And for all you fans out
3: there, we just want to say bye, Jeffrey. (laughs) Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be compassionate. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
4: That was freaking awesome. I can't (laughs) believe that just happened. Uh, That was.
3: Dude,
2: I need new underwear. (laughs)
4: <laughs> you know, when we start this, not even two, three months ago. No, in
0: February was when I messaged you guys. Jesus. In
4: two months, we it's have now interviewed man. Jeffrey Wiseman. Like, I never would have thought that we'd even get this sort of momentum. Especially, yeah. like, this early on. It's incredible.
2: It's really cool. It's, 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 it's He was such a humble guy. So, um, full of so many stories. I mean, we were just, it was kind of hard to interview because you just want to just, like, just keep talking I was quiet the whole time like I'm
1: just
4: like just tell me everything you want to tell me about these movies like I'll just sit over here right Right. it was fantastic
2: I mean this is uh, this is Jeffrey Weiss imagine when we interview I don't know just just, he's just a random thought you know Michael J. Fox on Ellen oh man
1: I mean,
0: all right, I see what you're doing. (laughs) I see
2: what you're doing. Or imagine we interview Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd together at a con. I don't know. I mean, one of us is going to be really excited about that.
0: Yeah, no, Anthony's not excited unless we go to Ellen. I'm sorry,
4: but if anybody doesn't agree with me, then here we go. Unless you've made it to Ellen, you have not made it. If if you if you they'll invite us to
0: the White House one day and Anthony won't have it. Hell no! no
4: I want Ellen. Hell
0: no! <laughs> Once I get
4: invited to be on Ellen, like that's that's game over for me. I've won, game over. And everyone retweet that. Let Ellen know. That's that's all I want to do. I want to be on her show. That's it. Yeah.
1: All
2: right. Well, if Ellen is listening to this show, first of all. um...
4: Ellen okay. would be really bored if she's listening hey, to us. Um, it is quarantine. <laughs> <It's>
2: quarantine, man. <laughs> if
4: ever there's a chance for her to be hearing our voices right now, All it's right. now. <laughs>
2: All right, touche. So Ellen, if you are listening to and we know you are listening to this, please have us on your show,
4: or just me? Like I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be selfish. Oh on this one, guys. shit, <laughs> soft, man! What the hell, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen?
2: David Lee Roth here in our studio. <laughs> he right did all here. right for
4: himself oh my <laughs> too. God,
2: <laughs> <laughs> shoot
4: me the box. Shoot me the ball. Shoot me
1: all of
4: you. Wow.
2: Well, I thought Caitlin
4: was the one we messed with. I didn't get an email. I didn't vote no, Ca- on this
2: shit. Caitlin <laughs> and Sammy Hagar. At least she had the decency <laughs> to be nicer about it. You're just like fuck you all. I'm out of here.
4: Van
0: Hagar.
2: Oh my god. Why
0: <laughs> can't this be loved.
2: Okay, and we're okay, done. Okay, yeah, and we're done.
4: <laughs> what? You oh. said it was
0: Sammy Hagar.
2: Yeah, whatever. not.
4: Nah. <laughs> oh, man. But we had a. I'm just going to be Ringo we... and
2: just hang out in the back.
4: You need to stop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys do all the work. I'm going collect my yeah. check. Where's my check? Ah, here we go. No nope. getting paid. <laughs> yes, I got damn better be. You're Wait, you're
1: a you guys submarine? Are getting paid? Oh, Oh my God. Oh, yes. Uh,
4: But again, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and uh, allowing us some time with you. It was an absolute honor. We enjoyed every minute of speaking with you. And uh, thank you all for listening. You know, continue to listen. Share us all around. Give us that five-star rating. Fan letters. Fan letters. <laughs> send those. Send those. Sign memorabilia, too. That, that, yeah. Am I the only one opting for that here? Yeah, See, you
2: See,
0: I'm opting for it, but, like, I'm, you know, quiet about it. You know, if people want to us You're never going to get anywhere if you don't ask. Dude. <laughs> Trust me.
2: Listen, Nobody listen you, to David Lee Roth and Sammy Hager. <laughs> let listen to me. Uh, please send those fan letters. We love reading those letters. It means a lot to us. And please uh, also uh, follow us on where?
0: Everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Your mama house. YouTube, please. Yeah, check out the YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we really hope to get up to 1,000 subscribers so that we can do some fun live things eventually. So please, if you... You have a Gmail account, and you don't even go on YouTube or whatever. Just hit the, just hit the subscribe button for us. And now. you know what?
2: If you actually become our friends, we will say publicly and Black- and here in our podcast that we know you. That's a really Why good. Are you promising honor. people, that? I'm gonna tell them. Like, let's say we just get John Smith. It's like, you know what, John. John Smith's pretty cool. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a high.
0: <laughs> anyway, guys. I think we're all on like a high from talking to Jeffrey we Winsmith. Like, we're, we're all crazy yeah. right now.
4: I, I honestly don't know how we're going to top it, but I, I guess we'll find Ellen. it away. <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> Wasn't that, that, that the video with the gopher?
1: Ellen. 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 <laughs>
4: oh. Now, guys, <laughs> so, yeah, so whether it be the future or the past, we will see you next time. Thank you oh so much, and we will see you again later. Alan! Bye. <laughs> so why don't you make like a tree
3: and get out of here? All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to What the Flux. You
2: can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at whattheflux_pod. underscore pod. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And be sure to recommend us to your other time-traveling
1: friends. Hasta la bye-bye.